0: I like the episode with the founder of Aircall on how to go from handling your own sales to scaling a sales team. It has great advice for entrepreneurs. Listen to the Science of Scaling wherever you get your podcasts. Whether you're trying to grow your business, newsletter, YouTube channel, or just want to know what's happening at the cutting edge of the world of marketing, search for Marketing Against the Grain in your favorite podcast app.
1: Hey there, this is the Spoken Edition of Wired. Ro Khanna says Silicon Valley libertarianism is dead by Stephen Johnson. In The Political Education of Silicon Valley, which appears in the August issue of Wired, Stephen Johnson looks at the changing political worldview of the tech sector, a shift from the libertarianism of the 1990s to a more progressive pro-government outlook today. One of the exemplars of that transformation is Ro Khanna, who was elected in 2016 to represent California's 17th Congressional District in the heart of Silicon Valley. In early May, Johnson sat down with Representative Khanna at his office in Washington to discuss the tech sector's political evolution. The following is a condensed and edited transcript of that conversation. Stephen Johnson, one of the things that got me interested in this story is hearing so many people on the East Coast and in Europe talking dismissively about libertarian Silicon Valley. But it seems obvious to me that that stereotype no longer fits. Ro Nothing drives people in Silicon Valley more crazy or gets their blood boiling more than that stereotype. In fact, I had to put out a tweet saying that libertarianism is totally dead in Silicon Valley, and I got feedback from friends of mine upset that the very rejection of the myth was an acknowledgement and perpetuation of that myth. It definitely strikes a nerve. SJ If you look at the political values of Silicon Valley elites, as reported in the survey by Greg Ferenstein and David Brookman and Neil Malhotra of Stanford, everybody looks super progressive, except on regulation and unions. Nobody wants their industry regulated, right? But the union question is interesting because everybody's aware that inequality is a problem. Tech elites understand that middle-class, working-class wages have been stagnant for a really long time. Is there a reinvented model for the union in the 21st century? Is that an archaic concept? RK. I've never understood that opposition to unions. Partly, I think it's a lack of exposure, Right. A lot of the people who are in the Valley tend to be middle-class, upper-middle-class kids of engineers, teachers, doctors. They're not the kids from multi-gazillionaires, but they tend to be people who go to very good public schools, and I don't know how many of them come from union households. I don't know how many of them have friends who were in unions. I grew up in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, and across the street there was an electrician and there was a plumber and there were engineers. Secondly, I don't think the understanding was there until more recently on income inequality. I think they were so tunnel-focused on tech being the underdog themselves. S.J. Santa Clara County went decisively for Reagan in the 80s. There was still an old California Republican tradition that was there. Between 90 and probably 2010 or so, there was a real change in the overall political demographics, and I think part of it was the actual demographics. There was an influx of talent from the world that led to more tolerant beliefs in general, a belief in a global open society. R.K., that's a good point. The challenge for America is, can we become a multicultural, multiracial democracy? It would be historic. It would be America's greatest contribution to human civilization. And on that issue, Silicon Valley is so firmly on the side of pluralism that for the progressives to not recognize that would be a mistake. S.J. The left has been playing defense for a long time on the accusation that they're just a bunch of wealth redistributors soaking the rich to give to the poor. Is the time right to embrace that stereotype? To say, yes, that's exactly what we're saying. R.K. When Trump speaks, he speaks very plainly. Here's what I'm going to do for you. We've got to talk not just about our ideals, but also here's what this is going to mean for you. If it's Trump's tax law, the Republican tax credit, you get $1,000 back. If it was our plan, you'd get $10,000. We believe that when ordinary people do well, the economy does well. So we're going to give $9,000 back, $10,000 back to you. We're going to make sure that you have health care. We're going to make sure your kids get a decent education, whether it's a two-year or four-year college. We're going to make sure they get the right skills in that investment. And, by the way, that's going to create 5% GDP growth. We don't make the economic growth argument. We don't make the economic aspirational argument. We don't say, this is what's going to beat China. We make it all about, this is fairness. No, we've got to make this about greatness.